Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are going to spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Hello and welcome to episode 132. Of the Jeff Angani NBA Tribute Show. My name is Marco, uh, joined by my co-host Lucas. Lucas, how are you? I'm alright, Marco. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. I keep doing this thing where I have my mic... Like, I don't remember which way my mic should be turned around. Mm. Do you re- Do you remember? Yeah, I think mine's at the top. I think mine goes top ways. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I think the top of the microphone is the way it, you should do it for no, this but one. See, cardioid. Alright, so this one's just for the video... Uh, the, the, the video subscribers If I have it here With these Bits facing me It like records better Than if I have it here With these bits facing me Ah okay That I don't know Yeah That I can't help you with You know what It's fine Yeah we've come this far We have come this far <laughs> uh, We've actually We've actually been talking About basketball For quite a while Yeah Quite a while 132 episodes Yeah 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 But today more specifically <laughs> Yeah we've been chatting Off air For about half an hour <laughs> Um, I don't even know where we start, how we started, but I can tell you where we finished. Um, you, I know how we started. Okay. How you do we start? brought up that, uh, there's a WNBA player who's been drafted <sighs> three times. Yeah. Ann Waters. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I think I got the pronunciation wrong. But it's a and Waters makes us makes it sound like she's from rural Victoria. Yeah, fact, and from... she looks like she's from rural Victoria. <laughs> yeah. She does look. She's got a bit of a te- bit of a test match oh, about handy, it. bro. But Anne Waters, uh, Anne A N N Waters, W A U T E R S, um, and she just popped up on the Basketball Reference homepage, and I was like, click on this person, see if they're Aussie, not Aussie. But <laughs> she got drafted three times, once by the Cleveland Rockers. Uh, which was just the the 2000 WNBA draft. Mm. First pick, first overall. So she was, you know, good pedigree coming out of, I assume, college. Uh, and then in, in 2004, she was the fourth pick by the New York Liberty in the 2004 dispersal draft. And then in 08, she was the eighth overall pick by the Atlanta Dream in the 2008 expansion draft. So not only was she drafted three times, but she really fell from grace. Yeah. Like she went from her first overall pick to... Not protected by a basketball franchise, yeah. and then not even selected first by the expansion team. It's it's to it's, selected eight. Yeah, it's insane. She also had an all star season in her wow. career with the New York Liberty in two thousand five. Oh, but on, her playing go career go went from it was oh one oh two sorry two thousand two thousand one two thousand two. Then I assume she wasn't with the team in oh three. Mm. Then oh four oh five she was with the Liberty where she had her all star campaign. Oh. Didn't play in the league for oh six oh seven. Then 08, she comes back and her numbers take a jump from her all-star season, two seasons prior, three seasons prior. And then she's in the league for 08, 09, doesn't play. Back in the league for 2012, doesn't play for a while. Then 2016, she plays for Los Angeles Sparks, wins a ring. So one, of the, one of the more scattered... Uh, I mean, I assume she's playing in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In between. Yeah. There's probably like... And this ties into what we were also talking about off, off mic. There's probably like a really good detailed like threaded story about mm. her career that we're just missing because we weren't there oh yeah <laughs> like, we, well, like like what was the wmba like in 2001 i have no fucking clue such great questions Marco. <laughs> and hopefully <clears throat> our our children and you know 
people older than that sometimes <laughs> if they want to talk to us about like what happened why did kyle lowry why did the raptors all the heat get stocks? yeah why did the miami heat lose their second round yeah in 2021 yeah whenever it was and yeah like, ah, well let me tell you a story <laughs> yeah it was for tambourine <laughs> <laughs> um but then yeah that discussion of ann waters uh shout out ann yeah led to me i was like oh i wonder I wonder if there's like a record for someone who's been drafted the most times. I did not get very far with that. But then I was looking at the 2004 NBA expansion draft when the Charlotte Bobcats joined the NBA. Man, it just, it was just a very sorry looking roster mm. of players they drafted. And I suppose that they always are. Like, I mean, I guess you try to draft young dudes, but like not, you can't draft young dudes that people are very high on. Mm. Like, you know, uh, what? Zaza Pachulia was uh, drafted in his second after his first year with the Orlando Magic here. Yeah, it's the expansion draft. Yeah, yeah. Which is not so much of a draft, rather the, the yeah. Charlotte just picking up unprotected yeah. players. Yeah. Um, yeah, like what, Gerald Wallace was the only good player they actually managed to get there. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he's spent pretty much his entire, the rest of his entire career with the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, and congratulations him for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's some very fruitful years in, <laughs> in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, what was it? What what even happened in this in, in the past half an hour? Yeah, I don't know. We we got to the we got to the point where, <clears throat> um, we thought that the Bobcats didn't have a, a a first round pick, but then it turns out that they did, and that they traded, uh, up from pick four, and they also traded away pick thirty three in this trade. To go up to pick two and select Amika Okafor. And pick four was, of course, Sean Livingston. Yeah. Um, and they traded with the Clippers, who it seems like the Clippers uh, shedded, um, and I do have his name here, Peja Drobenyak in the deal, who was on 2.5 mil at the time of a $44 million salary cap, which takes up about 6 to 7%. Mm. Um, but it does feel like the... The cost of, oh, sorry, like the 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 sweetener of a, of pick thirty three shouldn't be enough to get you from pick four to pick yeah, two, unless like you really like the guy at pick four, mm. which yeah, Sean Livingston, sure, but something must have been going on there. Yeah, something else must have been going on. Yeah. There. So hopefully, in yeah, as we said in the future, yeah. when someone asks us about what happened this time mm. in NBA history, mm. we can be like, oh, I can actually tell you. Yeah, I've got first hand experience, <laughs> and then. We spread disinformation. True, that's great. Yeah. Miami Heat lost their second round pick because uh, uh, ball tampering, ball tampering, ring tampering, and then Pat Riley made an off-colored joke. Ah, oh, yes, it actually wasn't even a joke. It was a comment. Yeah, it was an off-color <laughs> it was comment. An off-color <laughs> comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow, good rumor. <laughs> uh, I'm also I'm now noticing that Pedrag Drobniak uh, played for the. Oh wait. Yeah, he played for Serbia and Montenegro, and then he played for Montenegro. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who he played for. <laughs> I love uh, <clears throat> that um, article I'm reading. On the left side, it still has like the headline. So it's like, NRL round one teams let the season begin three hours ago. Tatum gets first ejection. Best officiated game two hours ago. Bobcats acquired Clippers number two pick 19 years ago. <laughs> God, shout out ESPN. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> really do, doing the hard yards, keeping the archives rolling. <laughs> um, so what's up, Marco? Why are we here today? Well, where do, where do, 
which where do we want to go from here i think yeah. this surprise inclusion in the episode yeah. has kind of uh altered our episode structure i suppose yeah the, um, the intro is now done i think <laughs> we're not going to be talking about subway this week no oh i did uh, as it was an even numbered uh episode i did feel like petrol on the way over here nice and the guy trying to give away the mango he was there again today no. not with mango but I think I'm starting to build up a bit more of a picture of this guy. I think he just goes and talks to the guy. Right. And they so just the mango's out. not part of the, the thing. No. Well, it's not crucial to the interaction. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that they just, they just chat to each other. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of a sweet uh, relationship. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet like a mango, maybe. Wow. <laughs> All these vanilla coats. Yeah. Wow. Cheers. That's the sound of a podcast starting. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> recent NBA freaking news, not <laughs> within the last 19 years, <laughs> a little bit sooner than that, actually. But um, people keep scoring really high numbers. And not only people, but teams as well. Dame had 71. <laughs> teams and people, yeah. Yeah. Dame had 71. The Clippers and the Kings mm. had 351, a.k.a. five Dames. <laughs> Um, and those those games were were they a day apart or were they two days apart? I think they were. I think the Kings was what? Uh, I think Saturday, Saturday our time, our time yeah. and then it was Monday our time for um for Dame for good old Damien Lillard. Yeah. Um, so two two days apart. Do you want to start with the individual or the team? Well, let's start with the Kings and the Clippers because that was that was the really. F- I mean, dare I, dare I spoil the broth and say that was the really fun one. Mm, yeah, you dare, you dare spoil. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this Kings team, like, I, they're technically the best offensive team of all time. Yeah. They have the highest offensive rating. <laughs> um, the, what, was the, what was the score at halftime? It was like... It was 80 to 76. 80 I remember. to 76. Because I messaged, I messaged the chat and I went, wow, the Clippers just put up 40 points in each of the first two quarters. And then I was like, you know, I might come back to this game later. I assume the second half will slow down. I've got a, I've got a meal to cook. And then an, an hour later, I come back and they're still playing. And both teams has like 100 more points. Yeah, yeah. So it absolutely sped up. Uh, yeah. The Kings were down by quite a lot at one point in the, in the fourth, I believe. Um, I'm trying to find out exactly what it was. Um, <laughs> live on air. Uh, and then, yeah, mounted like an insane... Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, about four and a half minutes left to play. There were, oh no, oh yeah, all the way, all the way at four minutes to play. There were thirteen points down, Damn. and then they managed to force double OT. Yeah, um, and yeah, come back twice to win the game. Uh, yeah, man, it just like didn't slow down at all. Yeah, uh, and I feel like so much is going to get lost in this game. Like it was Russell Westbrook's, like a very impactful game from him. But, like, why are you going to talk about that when Malik Monk had 45 off the bench? Yeah. And Kawhi Leonard, like, I think it, that's got to be, like, Kawhi's most dominant game since, like, 2019, mm. basically. Um, or maybe... Oh, did he have that? He had that one really good playoff series with the Clippers, didn't he? Was yeah, it? in the bubble? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it? I don't know no, if it was, it was really good. I, don't, I think it could have been a really good season with the Clippers, yeah. potentially. I feel like there was someone we could talk to about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you think was going to win this game as it was going? No idea. <laughs> yeah. I thought the Clippers were going to win. I, I Well, I didn't watch the first half, so I, I didn't experience that. But I, I thought the Kings had, like... They had the momentum and they had, they had the... They had the narrative. Like, mm. I think the Kings have had the narrative all, all season long. Um, and also, like, 
I think Darren Fox is still like he continues to be one of the best clutch performers in the NBA. Like I truly believe he can get a bucket every time down the floor. Yeah. Uh, in you know, in basically any game. And yeah, this is just one of those games where it's like you didn't. It wasn't about like getting stops or missing shots. It was just like go down. Yeah. Get, and hopefully get a three point and not a two pointer. <laughs> yeah. The Clippers shot 60, 58, 86 splits, scored 175 points and lost. That is insane. Um, uh, I think maybe I want to do my little analysis after we also talk about the Dame yeah, thing. I think so. Uh, so so let's get straight into that. Well, Dame, just before that. Yeah, sorry, just kidding. What's the, <laughs> you know the, the highest scoring game of all time? Yeah, Nuggets-Pistons, 186-184. Very good. You're very, very good. But... The Pistons. Isn't that like the best <laughs> defense of all time? Yeah. Uh, I really want to watch that game. I want to know what happened in that game and like see how it compares to this one. Yeah. Because I feel like that would also be a slog. John Long had 41 points. Logo Long. Yeah. <laughs> Logo John. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Now now to Damian Lillard. Uh, From Logo Lo- John to Logo Lillard. <laughs> Logo Dame. Uh, I told you that I was going to rewatch this game. I couldn't. <laughs> I did the first <laughs> I did the first half and that was that was already enough for me. This was like that first half was so unwatchable. Mm. There were so many stoppages, so many fouls, it was trash. There was no flow to the game, but Dame still kept his rhythm. Uh I really liked that he was just like fuck fuck the Rockets. Mm. Like fuck them. <laughs> like the whole the whole the the Trailblazers were like fuck this team. Yeah. Dame came down. I reckon there was a patch where he in in the first quarter when he scored his first thirteen points. I reckon, I don't know if this is <clears throat> true or not, but I, it felt like he scored them all in a row. Mm. And I also think he didn't pass in that stretch. No. He just came down and kept shooting, and I'm, I just love that he did that. This Rockets team is like getting worse, um, but yeah, I, I I like that. <clears throat> I like I like that Dame treated them the way they should be treated, <laughs> like shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and their their D is so bad. Mm. Like it's just absolutely atrocious. I, and it's not even. It's one of those ones where it's like, all right, cool. Like if Jay Sean Tate is guarding you, like you're probably going to be fine. You know, if you're Damian Lillard, mm. like that's not really an issue for you, and it, and it absolutely wasn't. But like, they're just like their rotations, how they defend pick and rolls. It's all really bad, and it mm. played like right into his hands. Like obviously, if anyone scores seventy one, it's like fucking amazing incredible effort and he he was actually pulling up from ridiculous distances but like they were not making it hard for him yeah. until the fourth quarter <laughs> like when they were just i i think i think after he hit his 13th three uh <laughs> time to make the adjustment <laughs> yeah no but they were actually like doubling him and tripling him from then what I don't know to defend Clay Thompson or <laughs> something like that, like yeah. not winning the game, not getting your franchise any further by doing that. Um, but yeah, like he just exploited every coverage they threw at him, like made every defender on him look like a complete idiot, and that's because most of them are. Mm. Uh, and and yeah, like is that was that that was one of Angus's hot hot takes earlier in mm. the season. I like that he remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember anything from that episode. Yeah. Angus <laughs> said Dame will have a 70 point game. Would like to tip our hats off to That's him. Such a good hot take. Yeah. Well, it, fucking, it, came, it came true. Not only a bold predict, prediction but just fucking 6D chess. Yeah. Um so you say Dame did well with every 
D that he was had thrown at him. <clears throat> I, the only thing that wasn't him getting guarded one-on-one when he was mm. fucking piping hot was this one time it seemed that U- Usman Garuba, like, just made a personal decision to double-team him yeah. and stunt <laughs> at him. And I think that he, at, le- at the very least, got the ball out of Dame's hands. Mm. Um, I think the play then progressed to Dame scoring a layup, like, and getting the ball back and scoring a layup. But, like, there was no resistance mm. otherwise. Mm. Um, uh, except, actually, Jabari Smith Jr. had a couple of good defensive players on Damian Lillard, mm. uh, to all his haters listening. He's, he's fine. He's a fine guy. Yeah. I, I think watching this game, I realized, first of all, that Alperin's... Shengun is like by far and away the best player at Houston. Mm. Not just the best, like clearly the best player. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just I don't think I don't think it's possible to judge Jabari Smith Jr. offensively mm. yet. Um, maybe you can say that he doesn't take the game on enough. I also am not going to hold anything against a nineteen-year-old yeah, on this team. Definitely, and yeah. also just being I like I think they're the worst coach team in the league. Um, <laughs> Like, ah, like to go to go back to that. Like every every time, uh, Dame would call for a screen. Like they would just do like the worst switch. They mm. wouldn't hedge it. They wouldn't like stick with him. And it's like fucking. Of course he's gonna hit a three. Like yeah. what do you what do you think he's gonna do? So like you know like uh, yeah they set a screen on Jay Sean Tate. And then, you know, Jabari Smith switches onto him. It's like, it's too late. Like, it's, yeah. it's too late. You can't do anything. You're, you're like, a, you're a good defender, but you're, you're five feet away. He's going to hit it. He's going to hit his shot. Yeah. He's also hit 10. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how Learn. good you are of a defender. It's like, there's no, one-on-one D isn't going to win you, yeah. uh, win you anything at this point of the game. Exactly right. Um, and yeah, the, the few times that like Dame drove and then help came and then it was like pass, pass. The, whole, the Rockets were just so slumped over. Mm. Like, they were just, like, they gave up. They didn't show any resilience. Um, and I also think this is something that wasn't the case in the Kings-Clippers game. I think the Kings-Clippers game, there was actually fine D. Mm. But I think the offense was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there were so many occasions where it was, like, drive, break down, kick around, swing mm. around, drive mm. again, break down, kick around, swing, <coughs> swing around. Um and then got got the shot clock down to like six seconds, and then someone would just hit a three, either yeah. the Kings or the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and like you know, the Rockets. Uh, this sounds silly to say, but they only lost by seventeen points. Like, <laughs> like you're the worst team in the league, and you weren't trying. Imagine if you did try a little bit to yeah. kind of to to do anything to stop this team. Like, yeah, maybe maybe the game would have been closer. Mm. I mean, you know, I know they're not in the business of winning games, but like if you're that bad like just not on the level of the team and someone drops 71 on you and you lose by 17 like that's like that should be a good reflection on you but yeah but like you know having w- watched how they played it's not at all yeah i think someone could drop 80 on this rocket team <laughs> yeah. i was thinking about could you drop 100 i don't think so i don't think that that's i don't think that that's going to happen but i think the way to break a scoring record is you have to wait for a team that's just so like so bad mm. and i think that this um this rockets team is that team like if steph were to prepare for a week to play against the rockets mm. and the rest of the warriors were prepared for that as well and they're like steph we're gonna go f- we're gonna go to you just go for your career high and potentially probably the second highest nba yeah. score of all time yeah. there's no way he wouldn't do it yeah like if they wanted to do it obviously all 
all these teams are way above the Rockets. Mm. But if they wanted to do that, there's no way they couldn't. Yeah. I reckon Steph could drop 90 on the Rockets. Really? Wow. Yeah. Golly. I just actually don't think you can get up that many shots in a game. Like, I, like I, I think Dane could have. If, if he started shooting sooner, because I feel mm. like he didn't score for like the first four minutes yeah, of the game. Yeah. No, didn't he? I feel like he hit a three. No, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 But you know, like what? Donovan, Donovan Mitchell on his uh, 71 point mm. effort. He only had 34 attempts in 50 minutes. Yeah. And like, you know, there were... Uh, he but he was he was also like throwing some really nice passes because yeah. when they were like when they were like all right we've got to double him uh i was just leaving him open to find jared allen like time and time and time again yeah um but i i, I just think in the modern game and maybe the game of the future like uh <laughs> how many how many shots can you really get up well, he got up 38 that's very yeah that's a lot of shots and 14 free throws which we will call seven possessions so that's yeah. 45 let's say that's 45 shots i feel like i've seen kobe and westbrook get up in the high 40s mm. um i reckon players have gotten up 50 shots yeah but it is a good question marco where are we going where are we <laughs> I, going with all this i just did the math and so to have a hundred game 100 point game at this like point per field goal attempt just whatever mm. you have to have 53 attempts in the game you know that's just my that's my crack math what's the what oh at the rate that dane yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah okay that's doable it is doable we can make it happen <laughs> <laughs> um but you know what lucas i'm glad you asked <laughs> i think the game it's crazy is going. It's crazy bro <laughs> um i mean i think this is pretty obvious but like a good starting off point but i think like I think this is just going to happen more and more and more often. Yeah. Like both of instances of this, uh, like we've seen, like the last ten years, like the three point shots opened up so much of teams' offense. Players just become able to do like everything. I was thinking of like, think of like two. I don't know why I thought of these two players, but I feel like they're a good example. Like Darius Garland, who's like okay, borderline all star to not all star. Mm. One of those players. He can kind of score from anywhere. Yeah. Like, he's a good three-point shooter. He's good off the dribble. He's, like, got a really nice floater. He's in a, like, above-average finisher at the rim. He's really fast. So, it's sort of like, if he gets hot, uh, you know, what, like, what can you do to stop him from scoring? Yeah. Uh, another player, like, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson this season. Again, like, a bit of a diminutive point guard who's become, like, Again, a pretty good three-point shooter. He's got his specialty. Like, he's really good in that sort of close mid-range, like, one-on-one. And he's a good finisher. Like, these these guys aren't near the upper echelons of the NBA, like yeah. Dame Lillard and, like, Donovan Mitchell. But yet they have, like, complete uh, complete offensive skill sets where it's there's not really, like, a bit of the floor that they're weak at. Like, yeah. You know, like, Michael Jordan... He might be the greatest basketball player of all time. He was never a great three-point shooter. Like mm. it wasn't, and he wasn't shooting it at volume. And now, because that's happened, every player has become good at it. Uh, people, you know, the floaters sort of come in to add this other aspect to it. The, you know, this sort of mid-range game is coming back into fashion as well. I think, and it's like it's not like everyone's leaning to one type of offense. It's like every offense is fanning out. Like mm. every player is going like, you know what, I'm going to do everything. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so. I I think it's especially on an individual level, like there's only so much you can do as a team defensively and mm-hmm. as an individual defensively to stop a player who can kind of score 
anywhere, anywhere on the court. Yeah, so I reckon where we go from here, I think this is going to be not the norm, but it's going to be less of a shock mm. over the next few years. But I think because like offenses are so good right now, I think the my my brain to go back to the logic. Oh no, that was that was off air when we were talking about <laughs> how you had to change the logic pad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I got a new logic board. A logic board, the logic board yeah. on your laptop. So my the logical side of my brain was like, okay, so the next step has to be something that happens on D. Mm. And I was like, all right, so what happens on D? And I was thinking about it. I was like, teams are getting stretched out to like the third, mm. the third of the mm. court. And that's a good Easily. shot now. Yeah. And that's a good shot now. So I think two things. I think first, and I think teams are already doing this, but defensively, they're kind of going for an idea more than a coverage. And there are two examples of this that came to mind. The, the second one's going to shock you. <laughs> but the first one was the Kings Clippers game in the second overtime, uh, where late in the second overtime, the Kings D was situated around getting the ball to Mason Plumley and getting him to make a decision. Mm. And two possessions in a row, he got two turnovers. And this is when the score was in the 170s. Yeah. Um, but I think... The, Good adjustment. <laughs> I, think, I think the Kings got two buckets off those two turnovers. Mm. Um, and the second one, which I don't know why it sticks with me so much, but earlier in the season, the, the Heat and the Hornets had a game and the Heat ran a zone and three plays in a row, JT Thor shot the ball for the Hornets. Mm. And it was just like... There's no way that was by accident. Yeah. There's no way that wasn't the idea defensively. So I think the next adjustment is going to be to like... Def- What's happening? Oh my God. Oh yeah, <laughs> to I'll pause. Be, I'll go check. Hello and welcome to The Deep Two. I'm Mr. Both My Man, How Are We? And I co-host a weekly NBA podcast that I think you'd like. The Deep Two, named after Josh Smith's favourite shot, has us rambling on about everything that goes on in the NBA world, all the way from game recaps to off-season hypotheticals to Warriors exceptionalism. Join us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. Dante, you forgot to talk about the freaking website. The freaking website, true. TheDeep2.com, so simple, I can't believe it, is our very own website where you can read long-form articles on all of the day's big basketball topics. The Pensman that you guys know as the JVG NBA Tribute Show Boys even feature on there from time to time, so check it out. Okay, Dante, now you can send us off. Peace. Okay. And we're back. So and we're back. you are talking about getting getting the ball into... JT the, Thor's hands. Yes, the Less. JT Thor type on yeah. on on the opposition team. Yeah. So um the so I think the next the next the next like the next step is to like defend by idea. Mm. And I think that'll start becoming the norm more. Mm. And like that hyper analytic offensive shot selection will become like a hyper analytic defensive thing. Um such as make Mason Plumley a decision maker on the yeah. free throw line, make JT Thor shoot three mid ranges in a row, mm. um, and I would be interested to see how that would look in the playoffs. Mm. And I also think that we are maybe getting a bit of ahead of ourselves because we yeah. haven't because last year's playoffs were like incredible, mm. and there was some great great D in in those playoffs. Um, so I'd like to see how it, how it looks this upcoming playoffs, but this could be the norm in the regular season for like five years. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, no, that that makes me think of uh, when the Pels played the Bucks earlier this season and 
they had Drew defend Zion the entire game. And because the idea wasn't like, all right, like if it's one-on-one, Drew and Zion, like Drew's the best player to have on him because he's not. Mm. But the idea is like, if Drew's just like bodying him up, like stopping the ball from actually getting to him, then he's not getting the ball. And he's like basically played out of the game. And it was, it worked so well. Like they, they absolutely shut, it was when we were on like one of our hottest stretches and they absolutely shut down our offense. Um, And like, you know, you look at, this Dame game, the Rockets were doing nothing to stop him from mm. getting the ball. Like, you just have to, like, you know, if, out of the inbound, stop him from getting the ball. Yeah. Like, make someone else get it and then spend the rest of the play, like, doing mm. whatever you can to pre- prevent him from getting it. Yeah. Um, and that actually, that brings me to my... Uh, wait, wait, did you have anything else to say on this point? <laughs> no, not really. I think that, like, my overall thing, com- I think it's unfair to compare the Clippers... Uh, Kings game to the oh Rockets yeah definitely Blazers game, um, and it's unfair to compare even Dame to the game he was playing. <laughs> in. But I think that like, I think a lot of people like a lot of the criticism about like today uh, today's league is like uh, they like to use the term open gym. Mm. We we'll probably use the term open age <laughs> in Australia, but like that was the Rockets and the. Uh, uh, fucking Dame's team, the the Blazers. Yeah, yeah. I think but, he's always played for them. <laughs> and he likes to make it, he likes to yeah. make it quite abundantly clear. <laughs> but I think that was the case in that game. I think externally you can say that was the case in both of these mm. games. But that was definitely the case in that game. But I think Kings Clippers was kind of a best case scenario yeah. for like a just hyper hyper efficient offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I have a, I have a kind of a funny one. Okay. I think we're gonna. I think the corner three is going to die. Ooh. I think the standing, like, catch and shoot three is yeah. on the way out. I think, like, if you look at the... Like, so, defenses in the NBA are really good. Like, yeah. I think we are in an era of, like, really, really well-coached Ds at the very least. And, like, you see, like, the last three... Since, since I've started following the NBA, like... The draft is just full of more, like, wing-sized players mm. with, like, who are plus you know, have pluses defensively. And that's like, I think it's something that you think a lot more about when you draft the player than maybe it once was. Like once upon a time, I think you were like, yeah, just get the fucking, the guy who can shoot the basketball the best. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, no, get the guy with like weird long arms and, you know, like uh, who can who can keep up with someone on the perimeter. So like your average NBA D is like pretty good. Like mm. you're not getting, you're not getting open shots from just like, you know, rotating the ball around as yeah. much as you were maybe i don't know like the start of the warriors era or something like that mm. and then you look at a team like the kings it's just like malik monk and kevin herter like popping off you know popping off off ball screens constantly yeah. like little off the dribble actions no 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 no. i think like yeah to be a good nba shooter in the future you it won't be enough to just be like accurate at shooting you're gonna have to be like you know like the greatest shooter of all time is steph curry like really 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 good with mm. your off ball movement and more than that like fast able to like you know beat your defender around a screen like without the ball in your hands um and just have a little bit of that dribble prowess as well like you know the clay the the clay thompson of 2014 15 mm. won't won't thrive in, yeah in the nba of the future yeah so i was thinking um i think we've even talked about this earlier this mm. season but uh if you can't be a three and d player anymore you need to be able to bounce the ball as mm. well but yeah maybe even that is like not out of date, but 
to be competitive, you need to even be doing more than that if you're a mm. role player. Mm. And maybe it is like <clears throat> the Kevin Herter, like not only being a threat, catching and shooting or catching and attacking, but mm. attacking off the ball. Yeah. Like maybe that is like, maybe that's going to be the norm in two or three or four years time. Mm. And being a three and D player that can bounce the ball is already like, okay. Behind, behind the ball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're not like, you're not revolutionary. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're kind definitely. of, yeah, you you you're just like struggling to keep your head above water because yeah. like three and D players right now it's like I don't know it's, it's not even a term anymore. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It's like it just got it got out of date so quickly. Yeah, legit. And think think like all right, like one of the best three and D role players this season, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. I think that's like pretty uncontroversial thing to say. <laughs> yeah, but like he is actually so much more of that. Like he's really good at attacking closeouts. I wouldn't say he has that kind of like pop off a screen that like Kevin Herder. Uh, or Malik Monk or like um, you know even Malik Beasley have like mm. where they've just got like that little bit more speed uh, but like he is so much more than like a Danny Green for example mm. you know? yeah yeah I like that I like that I also think Josh Green is probably the best example mm. of this for the Mavericks um, With that yes yeah go on go on but I think that the Mavericks uh, I think that they had kind of the blueprint but Josh Green wasn't really popping until they traded away DFS. But even if you were to have DFS, Josh, Josh Green, Luca, but then also Kyrie, which is you know an impossible mm. situation, I think that is kind of the ideal build-up going forward. Because mm. like DFS can then just be because like take his prototype, it's like such a good defender, mm. so good, and then just a good three-point shooter. I think that's you. You can you can still. Uh, yeah, definitely. have a job doing that, yeah. but then I think like uh, switchy bigs, Claxon, Mobley, Allen, mm. not Allen, uh, uh, J- Jaron Jackson Jr., mm. uh, etc. I think that that will now be the five, mm. and that like that player having the ability to defend on the perimeter. Um, I don't think will be. <clears throat> I think there'll be a regression before there's like an advancement in that. Yeah, I think there's right. going to be a lot of six ten players coming into the league that that teams are going to want to turn into that player. But they, but they can't. Yeah, yeah. They just aren't that player. Yeah. But I think in like five <laughs> to ten years there will be like, yeah. like a lot of those players. Yeah, definitely. Like when you're when you're going through your growth spurt in mm. high school and they're like, all right, first things first, learn how to defend. Like, yeah. <laughs> learn how to defend a guard. Mm. Um, I actually think I think the Mavs are interesting because I think the way the Mavs. Not always, but the way the Mavs have often played with Luca is like a bit archaic mm. because they do play that like, all right, Luca ball handler, uh, big screen, and then three guys standing still on the perimeter. Yeah. Like they uh, do not, they have not traditionally and not always under Jason Kidd, like been very good with off ball movement. Yeah. Um, particularly like around the perimeter. Mm. Uh, maybe, you know, making cuts and stuff for sure. Um, and like, that I, that works. I don't think like the I don't think they're hamstrung by Luca's game because that's how they've generally played with him. Yeah. Because you know that is how he likes it. He likes everyone just being mm. you know where they are. And I think as he plays with Kyrie in particular, that will start to change. Or like the Mavs will start to change. Like there's because you, you know you can't have Kyrie standing uh, <laughs> motionless, <laughs> motionless like on the three point line when Luca has the ball. Yeah. So, but I think that's maybe, it's maybe like the, not the end, but like the end of the dominance of like the James Harden type yeah. heliocentric player. Yeah. Like where it's like, all right, 
he's there you set a screen for him and you let him do everything else like everyone needs to be working on yeah. offense yeah <clears throat> um how do you feel as though pivoting back to some news <laughs> or just tying in some news quinn snyder with the hawks now yeah i feel like he could be a pretty revolutionary coach mm. uh potentially taking the ball out of trey young's hands mm. etc do you feel like how do you think he'll go in atlanta do you think he will implement a bit more of a modern strategy i think he's got a really good roster for the sort of thing that he likes to do yeah maybe i think i think we've also spoken about this off air but like maybe clint capella isn't you know like he's oh he's not Rudy Gobert. Mm. Maybe he can't be the Rudy Gobert type player mm. in his defense, but I think that's a good start. He's actually got good perimeter defenders in uh, Dejounte Murray and uh, DeAndre Hunter, which he didn't have in Utah. Mm. Um, so that's good on the defensive end. I just don't know. <clears throat> and yeah, and then I think like the you know the types of guards he has, the shooters he's got is good for how he likes to run his offense, but I just don't know if you can convince Trey to not play like how he plays. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my very early read, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder... Oh, man, I haven't even considered that. Because Trey... This is now coach three for him, mm. I'm pretty sure. And he's pretty much gotten too fired. Yeah. yeah. So I think... I don't know if you can get a third fired. Yeah, well... Especially if you're his level good. Yeah. And I think that Quinn Snyder's probably got enough of a... He's got... I think he's got enough, like, goodwill behind him mm. and just good coaching as well. Yeah. That I don't think people would point fingers at him mm. and that they would start to look at Trey Young as the problem. Yeah. So maybe that alone will be able to get Trey Young to make an adjustment. Mm. Um because as we all know, these players are like so insecure. Mm. Like they're so sensitive to the external view of them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so much, yeah, so much of like the decision making is very image based. And I, I always do find that quite interesting yeah. when you're talking about like quarter billion dollar careers. <laughs> and like, you know, you're a good basketball player. Just, you know, play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of. No, I'm not. Not saying shut up and dribble <laughs> in a convoluted way, but like, you know, if if you're Trey Young and you have that skill set, you can listen to a coach. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like you don't have to be it doesn't always have to be about your ego. Yeah. 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 Um I think that I actually think that I think that uh, Quinn Snyder will, will be really good in Atlanta. Mm. Uh <clears throat> his roster, like I think the bottom end of his roster is better than it ever was in Utah mm. coming into Atlanta. I don't think the top end was, but no, I think no that's way. also seeing... Uh, I mean, you know, that is 2020 hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, like right now, it, it, you would be impossible to say that Trey Young's better than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, 100%. But I, I think also, like, the Utah starting five of, like, what, mm. Rudy, D. Mitch, Conley, Royce O'Neal, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, I think, like... Yeah, it's just like in almost every position, it's better. <laughs> it's better than Utah. Maybe Dejounte Murray is better than Mike Conley. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but go on. Uh, I think I might have actually. I think that was that was like, the end of your thought. The end of my thought there. Um, well, yeah, because I did. There was a piece of news. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. But that the Hawks were exploring the possibility of trade trading Trey in the summer. No way. If things don't work out. Oh my God. <clears throat> and you have to think it, it is like, 
you know but then it's like what is your franchise i also don't know what the market would be for trading yeah yeah like, like what who, does that package even look like and who who wants him like who you can't bring him in as your second best player i don't believe that mm. but and i do think he has the tools to be okay this is let's reframe this do you think trey young could be the best player on a championship no. team? do you think he could be the one b no 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 <clears throat> i think he would have to be the second and that's like the best the very yeah. best he could be yeah uh I also think he's... Man, he just might not be good enough. But, uh, like, who are you playing? Like, who is who is he playing with if he's the second best player? Like, he, I, the guard, the other guard can't be the best player because yeah. then, like, Trey's not holding the ball enough. Mm. I don't know, like, what... If you put him on the Milwaukee Bucks, would him and Giannis win a championship? Potentially. Together? Potentially. <laughs> but I think, I think this could sound crazy, but I don't think he's good enough offensively to be such a bad defender. Mm, yeah. Like... Well, I was going to make the comparison to Steph, but that's not fair because Steph is like a good or a fine defender. Mm. And he actually had some great defensive seasons. And he was also so good at defending for the Warriors game plan. Um, like, especially pre-switching and stuff, he was just so on it. Mm. He was so on the fact that they were trying to hunt him out. And like credit to the entire Golden State team <laughs> as well. But they would get to the point where the other team would like finally get the switch with like six seconds to go on the shot clock, and then that's just a late shot, and yeah. that's that's a late clock shot. Mm. Um, and then also, Steph is like astronomically better offensively yeah. than Trey is. Yeah. So that's a double unfair point for Trey. So much fun playing on that Warriors team. Yeah. <laughs> Even still. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but just like on offense, you're like, all right, cool. I know Steph's gonna be like working 110, yeah. like doing everything he can to mm. like either score a bucket or make my life easier. So on D, all I have to do is make sure like their best player doesn't, yeah. doesn't switch onto him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think the only other thing I wanted to say for where's the league going, I think a lot more. And I think this is already the case, but I think a lot more um, actions will be defended like a zone. Mm. But I think on ball D will still be pretty like one on one. But whatever, wherever the action is on on the other side of the court, I think it'll be covered as a zone more than like man to man. Let's take for example strong. Mm. Do you know strong? The play strong vaguely, but. I'll take you guys through it. So you got one guy, let's say the, the the guard is on the right side of the court, right wing. Stay with me here, guys. You got another guy in the right corner. You got a guy in the left corner. And then you got two guys going to d- screen for the guy in the left corner. So just imagine that. Yeah. So I think like, and yeah, and as I said, I, I think I've already seen this, especially with the uh, Celtics. But I think that action on the left side of the court, that two down screens for the player mm-hmm. coming up, I think that will be defended as a zone. Right. And then like whatever the, however the that play develops, then players might switch, whatever, mm. whatever, whatever. But I think the strong side players will stay in a man. And I think mm. that that's kind of like, that makes sense. Yeah. But I think that, um, you know, as, as offenses become more complex, I think it'll, I think that the action will, will start to be defended as a zone more. And then... Um, like the idle players will be defended straight up. And like, I think you just straight up have to do that with like you were saying, like how the floor is stretched out. Like mm. you can't, you can't man every good perimeter shooter in the league. Like, mm. you know, if you've got a, if you've got five NBA players on the floor and four of them can shoot threes, like you can't, you can't be man. You can't be man to man defending yeah. every single one of them. Like it's just, it's just a recipe 
for someone getting an open shot basically yeah um yeah i think yeah i think i think you see it already like like you said mm. yeah yeah i think yeah i think it'll just become like the norm yeah. like as like as spammy as offenses look mm. I, I think now d's will look just as spammy. yeah right um that's funny but you just can't d- defend man to man yeah like you cannot defend straight up yeah 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 but which and ah fuck i don't I don't know how to, I don't know how I actually want to discuss this, but I was reading about uh, what was it called before they introduced the three second rule. They had the thing where like you had to commit to the player you were defending. Oh, what was it called? Was it just a legal D? Yeah, legal defense. legal defense. Yeah, <laughs> such an inspired <laughs> yeah, rule. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out how that changed like the league because like scoring went right down after yeah. they. After they changed it to the three second rule, it was also like before that players like Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, even like just found it so fucking easy to score because yeah. they could just you just clear out yeah. and let someone with like you know incredible speed, strength, and the best handles you know ever go mm. to work. Um, which man, it just doesn't it doesn't sound like a lot of fun when you put it like that. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm was sure there also a legal offense? What was illegal offense? I ah th- oh, fuck. Let's. I don't know. If <laughs> legal offense basket. But then I think what I'm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, a five second count will begin if an offensive player with the ball and not facing up starts dribbling below the free throw line extended, while being closely guarded. That feels just like five seconds back to basket. Yeah. But I thought illegal offense was like you can't ISO pretty much. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah, here we go. Sorry, everyone. This is great radio, isn't it? Mm. Um, oh, I think this was... Uh, I think we might have even covered this in the episode where we talked about players that had rules made for them. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was the Michael Jordan rule. Oh, this is the Michael Jordan <laughs> yeah, rule. No yeah. shit. Yeah, because obviously that's just what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think my point is, I think... We finally, maybe in the last like few years, like I think I think offense I think offense beat the the death of illegal offense. Yeah, of illegal defense. Sorry, like like yeah. I think I think that did a very very good job of letting D's like limit really really good individual scorers. And now and now because back what I was saying of all these insane skill sets that players mm. have, like it wouldn't. It doesn't matter anywhere near as much as it used to. Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel as though we've arrived at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, got, I've got one more thing on my sheet here. Go on. Well, LeBron James. Oh. Uh, he, 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 he heard he, it pop. He heard his little, he heard his little footy. Yeah. And he heard it pop. Um, and yeah, per our good friend Shams Charania of the Athletic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they basically put him out indefinitely and they're just going <coughs> to monitor, monitor his status over the next, at, at least the next few weeks. What do you think this does for the Lakers? Uh, well, he finished the game, which was a bit weird. Mm. And then... Oh, he wasn't going to sit out that game, man. No, it meant too much. It meant too much. Dallas yeah. Lakers. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, could this just all be like gassing up LeBron for like a, an awesome narrative in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Fucking! What do you mean? He, he finished a basketball game in the NBA after hearing it pop. But he's LeBron James. Like he, he had the flu. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I think that. I think that. Surely, you think, he, you think he's bullshitting? I don't think he's bullshitting. 
but I think it's quite a nice story. <laughs> uh, dude, if you had an injured foot, how could you play an NBA game? Right, but what if the Lakers are now, you know, obviously after that trade, they just became so much better and we yeah. saw it straight away. Like yeah. Jared Vanderbilt, five seconds, five yeah. seconds yeah. into his debut, it was like, oh my God, they fucking got... They did it. They absolutely <laughs> stole him. Um, and now uh, D'Angelo Russell has also been injured. I think I, don't, I think it's short term. Like I think he'll be back pretty soon. Yeah. But like you know, that's not to say that he doesn't have an issue that could stick with him for the rest of the season. So yeah, what if when they're finally hitting this good run of form, LeBron goes down, D'Lo goes down, AD he's gonna go down at some <laughs> point. Uh, like does that. Does that just make it all for naught? Potentially. What do you think? I think I'm I'm worried about that. Yeah. I'm like kind of happy for the Lakers to win games for the first time in a long yeah. time. I'm I'm not thrilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like if this is a legitimate injury, then it could put a huge spanner in their season. Yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, I mean, oh, like yeah. like obviously, but like <laughs> this team, albeit it's gotten so much better since the trade deadline, it's not good enough to make the playoffs without LeBron James. Oh, no way. Yeah. So you, do you reckon they won't even make the playoffs? Oh, I reckon oh, they make the play-in. I reckon they could make the ninth of the 10th seed without him. Without him? It's fucking, it's so tight in the West yeah. still. If, if, if you would believe it. Yeah. I think they might not even be in the play-in. <laughs> they're not yet. They're not. They're a game out behind the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are um, sucking ass at the moment. Yeah. Um... So you reckon, oh, I think that's a fair summation. They can make the plan without him, but they can't go any further. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's like four, there's like five teams above them who are just like floating and vying for those spots. So yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be tricky anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, I think, I think you probably, yeah, you're, you're ensilated all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Unless you have anything else to say about anything. No, I think I don't think so, do you? No, not really. Alright, well, well, we're probably at the hour mark. Well, we're, at, we're actually at 50 minutes. Oh, even better. I know. That's, I'm quite happy with it. So. Nice. Well, I guess I'll see you next week then, buddy. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden-Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducasse, with production by Mock B. Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7am. <laughs>